Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Sports to the max. I've been chomping at the bit to talk to this guy about what happened yesterday because nobody would do it better than Terry Steinbach, who joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Steiny, we got a real race going on now, don't we? <laughs> I've been watching, Maxie. It's getting very, very interesting. It is in a lot of ways. Let me start with the mechanics of what happened yesterday as a catcher. And I know the rules, some of them have changed and leaving a lane and all those things. But but what happened on this play? What what, what is Sanchez obligated to do? And, and, and what did Merrifield do as you saw it? Well, the the direction we have to go with this thing is is you know it's the Buster Posey rule, and yep. you know I know our fans know that and everything, but uh, what Sanchez has to do is he has to keep both feet in fair territory. He can't cross that third baseline at all, and the reason for doing that is is is, is it opens up a lane for the runner has a straight shot to try to hit home plate. Now I believe the rule is once you catch the ball with both feet in fair territory then you can take the plate away but after watching that replay yesterday uh sanchez was had his left foot at least eight to ten inches across the line in foul territory giving the runner not a a clear lane to slide in now he did a great job that was a great old school catch block the plate tag him the run the runner never reached home the throw was perfect the umpire made the right call exactly from what he saw but then we go back to New York, you know, where the where the uh, umpires are, and the Major League Baseball Players Owners Association agreed on it, and the the uh, owners agreed on on this rule, and so now we have to live by, which I think is a crappy rule, you know, and and it kind of came to bite the Twins in the rear yesterday. Well, it sounds like when they've seen this play played out before, and and I can't cite specific examples, but they never see that this kind of a call overturned. Is there kind of a baseball rule to this that 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 says, "Hey, ball beats you. Uh, you've got a place to slide. Uh, that, that's all you need, and, and you're out." It, it it came down to Maxie. Not even that the ball beat him. It's that if you look at where Sanchez's foot was when the runner's halfway to three quarters of the way there. He's doing it how I was taught. You kind of straddle home plate, all right, yep. and make that runner either A, slide through you, B, run you over, or, or whatever. And, and, and Mike Sosa, you know, from, from, from the Angels, or yeah. the Dodgers, man, he made a career yep. at 240 pounds waiting for people to try to knock him over. Yep. And he was known for, for, for blocking that plate. So I think the issue came is how soon his left foot was in foul territory. And, and the, the, at least uh, yep. the replays that I've seen – um, his foot was in foul territory. Now it comes down to the umpires in New York having the courage to, I guess, uphold the rule that both parties agreed on. And, and it, again, it goes back to when Buster Posey got run over and broke his ankle in yeah. three or four places. Yeah. yeah. So, so, But if he catches the ball in fair territory uh, ahead of the runner, then he could turn and put his foot into foul territory, you're saying, as long as he has the ball. I believe, 
yes, I believe that is my understanding. Um, so the question I, becomes, I, when did I he catch the right ball then, huh? Yeah. Pardon? And then the question becomes, when did he catch the ball in fair territory, huh? Yeah, and it's even so that where were his feet as that throw was coming in? And it was a perfect throw. I mean, he could have stayed in fair territory, caught that ball, and still had plenty of time to make the tag. But, you know, being a catcher, when the adrenaline's coming, when Puck's coming to run you over, or Cal Ripken's rounding third, man, I mean, you know, the excitement's there, the adrenaline's there, everything happens, and you just want to catch the ball and tag that guy. And I know from all my catching coaches in the world, you know, number one rule, number one rule, catch the ball first, catch the ball first. And and Sanchez did everything right, except he and the Twins got bitten by that rule. I think that was 14 in 2014 when that came when, when, when that was implemented. Oh, man. So, so you saw, did you teach catcher? Did you work with catchers on that at that time? We did. Yeah. I had a take in 13. It, it was still the old rule, yep. you know, where you could, you know, block the plate and everything was fine. But then I think it was right around then that that happened. So in 2014, first of all, we had to have the rule explained to us because you can interpret this thing a million different ways. And so we actually had umpires come into camp and say, hey, this is how we are interpreting the rule this is how we're going to enforce the rule. And, and again, it all comes down to, and it's probably for the better, at least of the catcher's health, you know. I'm yep. not sure it's better for the game, but when you can't make contact with that catcher, when you can't run that catcher over anymore, it, it, it's overall, it's probably a good rule, but it sure has changed the dynamics of the game. And, and again, yesterday, you know, it didn't look like anybody was getting hurt anywhere. You know, a, a good clean tag, you know, caught the ball, hung on, great throw, and unfortunately that thing has to get overturned. Yeah, and then the overturned part is how convincing was the evidence, and we get that whole thing that we've all come to understand through the NFL. You know, they're not enough there to overturn it. You know, we all we all quarterback that thing from the uh, uh, sidelines when we see it. Do you think that, that Rocco Baldelli, as a manager, and you played for some great managers, do, do you think he processed that and said, okay, uh, first, somebody gets thrown out of the game if they overturn this. But then in the post-game press conference, yes, I'm emotional. I'm charged because I'm not that far removed from the situation. But I'm also going to try to use it to the advantage of my team and send a message that, that, that I'm all in and I'm invested. In, and if I, have to, if I have to take a suspension or a fine, uh, I will do that because I, I want everybody in the clubhouse to know that I'm all in on this. Did, did you read it that way? I just read it that. I mean, kind of what I described a little bit earlier. I, I mean, all the things went right. The hitter hit the ball to the left field. Left fielder fields the ball clean. Uh, 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 runner tags up. Uh, left fielder makes a great throw. Catcher makes a great catch. They get the guy by two feet. You, you know what I mean? The ball's there. Yep. Uh, two, two to three feet before the runner. I mean, everything you work on at spring training is right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and it's 10th inning, yep. you know? So it, 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 it's ultra important. It's not like the first inning of the game. Yeah, it's, it's the 10th game inning, on the line, you know? Yep. Yeah, you're all jacked, and then all of a sudden to have this thing get overturned for logistics, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow, and I think any manager probably would have acted like Rocco did, and I don't fault Rocco one bit on that. I mean, I know Rocco knows the rule. I mean, all the managers have been told the rule. All all the catching coaches have been shown the rule, all the catchers have, have been shown, and it, it stinks, like I said, when everything goes right and you have, in my opinion, 8 to 10 inches of being in, in foul territory. 
go against and has to overturn that play. Is it healthy for a team, though, to see their manager once in a while get jacked up like that? Uh, you, you played for La Russa and Kelly, and you managed with, with Gardy, who seemed like got thrown out once a week You know, back in the day. Uh, <laughs> is, is that good to see one? Do you need that just in a, in a clubhouse setting from time to time to shake it up? Heck yeah. To, to me, it shows, I mean, I care how the game's going on. And for sure, I want my manager to care what's yeah. going on. I mean, we've had, I think we've had both Tony and Gardy get thrown out handing out the uh, lineup card the, yeah. the, the, the following day because they were still angry or upset when the call that happened the night before. They walked out, you're still wrong. You're out of here. <laughs> I mean, there hasn't even been a pitch thrown and our manager's fired already. Terry <laughs> Steinbach, our guest, when you were the bench coach for Gardy, did you, if you saw a play, did you know in your mind, hey, he's going to get tossed right now? Did you, did it get to that point where you go, oh, I better, I better get the line, get somebody hand me the lineup card, give me my options because he ain't. Did, did you know immediately? You kind of knew, and it. There's no uh, uh, secret that there's certain umpires that rub certain managers the wrong way. <laughs> it probably would even be be fair to say the certain umpires uh, uh, rub most managers. Okay, <laughs> yep, without way. naming names, and yep. Yeah, yep. I'm not mean, not naming names. We all know him. It's an angel guy, I think. But anyway, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, when 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 you have that crew, and we know which crew is coming in, you can almost guess at which particular game is it going to happen because that particular umpire is going to have a conflict with a player, uh, 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 one of the coaches, first base coach, third base coach, or 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 the manager. So yeah, you can you can kind of see it's going to happen. When you were catching, did you ever have a situation where uh, whoever your manager was uh, is on the umpire and, and, and you don't think it's justified? In other words, he thinks, let's just say he doesn't think uh, your, your pitcher's getting the corner and you're catching and you're going, actually, he's missing on the corner and you just can't see it from there. Do, do you ever correct a manager and say, well, you're not seeing that right? 100%. What we had to do specifically in, in Oakland, uh, Tony playing at home, it would be my left hand. If I touched, you know, the outside of my left shin guard, that was a sign to Tony that hey, he missed that one. Okay, you know? really? It was and, that and intricate, that was, huh? Yeah. That so so go funny. ahead and yell if you want, because he knows he yeah, missed it, huh? Absolutely. You know, and then that, that doesn't put me the bad guy. You know, the umpire. Yep. I'm not turning my head looking at Tony, going, "Hey, he missed another one." Yep. <laughs> you know, because then because then I'm going to get tossed too. Yep. But it was a it was a way because you know. We talked about this before, catchers catching, receiving balls, framing balls. You can make a pretty crappy pitch look pretty good. And so sometimes we have to be honest with the manager because those pitches are really balls. And I know you've interviewed a lot of pitchers, and every pitcher pitcher throws they think is a strike. And unfortunately, we have to tell them they're not always strikes. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to tell you this. Now, when a pitcher, and I see this once in a while with Joe Ryan, and I see it with others as well, he's a young pitcher, when, when he gives that extra look once in a while, the umpire, you know, that glance, like, I can't believe you didn't call that a strike. Um, it, th- that's always been seen, at least to me, uh, in, in my conversations with you and others, is don't ever go there if you're a pitcher, if you can avoid it. Because the, 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 as soon as you roll your eyes, we got a problem. Is that true? Is that body language that, that, that detailed? It is, and there's two school of thoughts here, Maxie. Back in the day before the fox checker, I think is what they call yeah. it, that strike zone, that that we all see, no one knew where the pitch really was. Yeah. So, you know, you could do that to the umpire, and I've had umpires tap me on the shoulder and say, get 18 inches outside because I hate this guy and I'm banging him. You yeah. know, and you would make the pitch and boom. He would ring him up for something that the, the hitter might have done. Well, the same thing is, 
if a pitcher starts what we call showing up the umpire, whether it's the eye roll, whether it's, hey, where was that kind of thing, we've got umpires behind home plate that, all right, I'll show them where the strike zone is. And, I mean, you literally throw one right down the middle and it's a ball. Yep. But I think now in today's game, since probably the last uh, seven, eight, nine years, since they've had that, that checker system in place and the umpires get evaluated or they get ranked after every yeah, game. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a system yeah, now. Yep. You, 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 can't, you can't call – you can't make your point anymore. You can't be a veteran umpire. You're going to show this rookie pitcher this is how the big leagues work. You, you, I mean, you really can't do that much because you're going to get scrutinized for, hey, you missed 27 pitches last night in the game. You know, what, what the hell is going on yeah. kind of thing. Now, 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 there are umpires that will tell you that the downside of that is it's a Thursday getaway day and you're playing an afternoon game, both teams are on a flight, and the score is 7-1 to one in the seventh inning. Uh, they can no longer move the game along the way both teams would like to see it moved along by extending a strike zone, etc. Uh, even though they think you know both teams would welcome that because you know everybody knows the outcome and they want to get going. Do, do you see that at all? I mean, has that been lost in the game? And is that at all important? Oh, 100%. I think it's been lost. That has been lost. Your catcher's rapport with the umpire has been lost. Your pitcher's rapport with the umpire has been lost. I mean, real, real quick story here. For, you know, Frank Thomas playing for Chicago. Uh, Ken Kaiser was up and behind home plate. Ken Kaiser used to do a nice charity that he got a lot of baseball players donate, you know, bats, balls, gloves, whatever, and he'd have an auction. He raised a lot of money for charity. So I'm catching Frank walks up to the plate. He looks at Kai and says, hey, thanks a lot for uh, – or Kaiser goes to Frank, thanks a lot for signing those two two dozen balls for my charity. You know, and, and Frank, hey, no problem, Kai's anytime. Okay, boys, let's play ball. <laughs> First pitch is middle, 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 and Kaiser goes ball. And I start oh laughing. I go, God. hey, Kaiser, I know I'm not Frank Thomas, but I'd be happy to sign a bat for you. But come on, man, i got to have that bit. <laughs> I'll throw in a helmet. Back. My that's God, I, I don't want to believe that that stuff happens. You know, uh, Jack Morris tells us, story of pitching he was a veteran Wade Boggs came up and he said the first two pitches he throws are right down the middle and they're ball one ball two and he says I just lose it this guy hasn't earned his keep you know just because he's had a good start to his career doesn't mean he owns the strike zone but he had this reputation early as you know Wade Boggs doesn't swing at balls well that doesn't sit well with Jack Morris you know And, 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 and I'm sure you saw things like that as well 100% 100% right. I mean, I had, you know, Puck get mad at me, you know, yep. when I was catch broken because Eck, Eck came in the game. Corner strike one, six inches off the plate, strike two, six inches off the plate. That hit my glove in the middle of the chest, strike three, and Puck turns around, come on, man, I can't even hit that. He says, Puck, don't look at me, man. I, mean, I, I didn't create the strike zone, huh? what he's calling. <laughs> <laughs> and usually... You know, obviously with Eck coming in the game as a closer, usually the winning team with the with the closer or the veteran yep. staff or the veteran pitcher, he's they're going to get those calls. Yeah, you assume know, he's going to own the strike yeah. zone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know TK saw it, Tony saw it. You know, it's great when it's in your favor. Man, it stinks when you're trying to come from behind. Yep, for sure. Now, now, given that where this race is at, uh, the Twins, Cleveland, and Chicago, I mentioned you know Larusa quite well. You played for him, and, and the White Sox probably have the most talented lineup when they're healthy. Uh, who do you like going down the stretch? Because this is, oh, excuse me, almost a coin toss right now. It is a coin toss, and, and it's going to come down to uh, which team 
gets hot. And I'm not talking just hot with the bat. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's a no-brainer. But which team catches a little fire? Which team gets a little spark? Maybe what Rocco did sparks the twins. You know, that, that yep. all of a sudden their pitching steps up a tweak or two. Their middle, their middle uh, 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 relief comes in there. Their closer does. And all of a sudden they're, they're getting that two-out hit. And it's going to come down to which team, and it might even come down to uh, September, you know, that is going to get hot for that last two weeks, the first two, two weeks of September, maybe bridge, bridge themselves or get a little bit of gap, you know, between them and their competitors. But, um, you know, in the game of baseball, you're going to have your ups and downs. So, I mean, you really can't even start predicting you know, right now, I mean, I mean, I think Max, I was on a month and a half ago. We were talking about yep. the Twins. I said, "Hey, the biggest thing you want to do is be in contention when September one rolls around. Because if you're in contention, September one, you know, two or three games up, two or three games down, whatever, you got a chance. But if you're that team that's 15 out, you got no chance." Now, if uh, we, we, the other day they let go of Tyler Duffy, uh, you know, this is the downside I know of sports. I know everybody signs up for it, etc. But what's that? I always enjoyed Tyler Duffy. The conversations that I had with him, he seemed like you know uh, an upfront kind of a guy. Uh, when you're a catcher, maybe, and, you, and especially because pitchers get changed so much, what's that like when a veteran you walk in one day and he's released? It's it's tough, you know, because when you're together with your team for eight months, two months of spring training, six month season, it's more than just a professional relationship. You, you get your, your core group of guys that you're going to have dinner with. You get your core group of guys. You might go have a beer with, you know, and, and you need that core group of guys to pick each other up because the game of baseball, no one's good all the time. No one's bad all the time. You, you know, you, you, you need that support. And, and also when you see, you know, a veteran guy going out there, struggling i mean i'm not gonna say he you know he didn't struggle a bit but i know he cared and i know he tried you know and that's the frustrating part that you know a move has to be made and everybody probably knows it's coming and it's never it's never good you know we we had when uh, uh bobby welch got cut out of spring training one year you know he was one of these guys that i'm going to pitch so you rip the jersey off my back and you know dave duncan had a call welchie and the cy young award winner you know, we knew it in spring training that numbers just weren't going to work. You know, we had some higher draft picks, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. They got to be there. And Dunk said it was the hardest thing he had to do is tell Welch, hey, you know, you're not going northwest. You're not making the team. Sorry. You know, here's the, I don't know, at that huh. time, 14, 15, 16-year veteran guy. Yeah. Oh, that never gets you. Hey, Terry, great stuff as always. Appreciate it very much. I hope I see it. I don't know if I'm going to get out there next week or not, but the MVPs, the amateur baseball, Bill Nelson has assembled yourself, Jim Eisenreich, Greg Odegaard, yeah. his son. It should be quite a night next week at Fairball. We're looking forward to it. That's going to be a fun night. For sure. Terry Steinbach, nice enough to join us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. He's always got great insight. Take your end stories. Take a break. Come back. Sports to the max. Welcome back. Sports to the max. Interesting talking to Terry Steinbach about that, the game inside the game, which has been curtailed some by technology, but still you understand you know, how it really works. Um, I, I had a chance to MC or at least uh, be the starter for the Tour de Tonka on Saturday morning. At, uh, and I got to tell you, if you want energy, just be around energetic people. So, so I, yeah, I do the 10 o'clock news, so you know, I get up and then I get up at 6 in the morning and, and, and I'm just dying for a cup of coffee, right? And I'm driving over to Minnetonka, right off of Highway 101 there. And I, first I get to the middle school. And there are bikes and cop cars and, 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 and cop cars directing traffic and cars. Every, and, and, and that's just one site. Then I get over to the main site, Minnetonka High School, and there are people everywhere. Now, now the rain's coming in. You can see the lightning in the background. That's coming in from the west. So you know you're going to get something out of it. 
and the people show up in a huge way. And Tim Litvin, who we had on last week, he just amazes me because he's the community ed director out there in Minnetonka, and, and he doesn't have to do these big events because they have to be taxing and difficult, and, and you get paid the same if you do them or you don't do them, so to speak, but he does them because he cares about that community and about doing it right. And, and the people, they're 2,200 bikers, and um, they come from all over, and, and, and it's all age, the ages are all over the, the map, and it's, it's just a wonderful gathering, and you, and you get, you know, they've got a ton of sponsors for it. And, 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 and you just get energy from it because you see all these people that will come out on a Saturday morning and get up at 5.30 in the morning uh, to come ride their bikes a, a specific distance. And even when they know lightning and the rain's coming, they'll figure out a way to work around that. It, it, was, it was really as tired as I was when I got up. You go, God, I'm glad I came to this. This is so much fun. And they have the national anthem and they have the, it, it was just across the board. Um, but but it sparks in you a kind of a sense of optimism because you see that people, you know, we're, we're, to a lot of people past COVID and we're, we're going to go, man. We're going for it. Get the bikes ready, put them in the back, and let's go have some fun. And, and that's what they do, and, and that's what the Tour de Danke is. And it's just it's a, it's a wonderful way um, to bring a community together, um, but to also it's like the, the, this uh, breath of hope that says, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're doing good, man. We, we still want to get after it. We still want to get out, be physical, do all those things. And uh, it was a wonderful reminder of that. All-Star Week in the MLS. We'll talk about it on the other side. Sports to the Max, News Talk 830, WCCO. MLS All-Star Week at Allianz Stadium. Crescendo Wednesday night. Interesting international-type game joining us from the Minnesota United. Manny Lagos, thank you for joining us tonight, Manny. Oh, Mike! Thanks for having me. It's a it's a surreal week, to be Is honest. It? You know, yeah. I'm I'm just uh, um, taken aback by how awesome it's going to be. So, so like, what? Right off the top, for fans, what should they be looking out for in terms of not just the game, but ancillary events over the next couple of days that that they would find fun? Yeah, I think um, a couple things on the non-sporting side. Um, you know, I, today I actually just got done with a, a welcome event for all of the owners of the other teams, the commissioner, um, both our mayors were at, where they kind of talked about what's going on this week. And obviously the game on Wednesday is going to be huge, Mexico versus U.S. And certainly um, the skills challenge to, uh, tomorrow night is going to be awesome at the stadium where you kind of have the Mexican stars with the, the MLS stars doing skill stuff. Tonight there's a really cool concert with Khalid. Uh, but even more importantly, again, like our mayors kind of spoke so eloquently tonight about soccer and the global game and community. You know, we had over 10,000 packs of food uh, packed today. Uh, tomorrow we've got some great uh, events of, of a field dedication uh, over in St. Paul. Um, you know, in my world, uh, we have the MLS All-Stars training up at the facility. We have a U18 uh, MLS Next, it's all the best 18-year-olds in the entire country are coming to the National Sports Center to play a game up in Blaine on Wednesday. And then we have a really cool uh, Special Olympics game, uh, unified game up Wednesday at our training facility as well. So it's just a, a great week. You know, the week of the, the All-Star game is not just the game itself, but it's really trying to figure out how we can kind of build in and, and exemplify our awesome community, but also enhance it. You know, the goal is to try to raise money and raise, um, you know, the uh, – the, the the relevant things that we do in this community to help the people that you know don't quite have as much. So, so the U eighteen game, the Special Olympics game, is that in the afternoon on Wednesday with the, with the the MLS yeah, game the, being on Allianz at night, or what is it? Yeah, eleven a.m. is the kickoff for the U uh, eighteen game. 
Um, that's up at the National Sports Center, and the Unified Games are at 3 o'clock, and then kickoff for the uh, MLS All-Star Game. This, these are all on Wednesday, the 10th of uh, August. So uh, that, that's kickoff, I think, for the All-Star Game at 7 p.m. Wow, that's a lot going on. What, what, what can, you know, for the United, I mean, do, do you showcase your venue a lot to, to the rest of the league, or is the rest of the league pretty, pretty aware of how nice Allianz is? I, I, I would say this, you know, this is a global event. The eyes of the world will be on us. Certainly the teams that come here play here, I think, have all, you know, had impeccable things to say about the experience, about the fans, about the stadium itself. Uh, but certainly in a game like this, you're having, you know, big global partners like Allianz. Obviously, Target is an amazing sponsor that not only sponsors us, but they sponsor the league. I, I'm sure they'll have a, a big presence and a big sponsor presence. And then you have um, just a lot of people that want to experience what they've heard about, which is just this great kind of experience, fan experience. And obviously they're playing the best players in our league against the best players in, in, in uh, Mexico. I think we've kind of figured out a little bit of an all-star game that actually has meaning. Uh, yeah, does it feel like that? Is this are, pretty good competition? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at a press conference today, and, you know, you had Chicharito, who's Mexican, but playing in our league. And, you know, he, he had to kind of make people aware of, of the competitiveness of the two leagues trying to be the best in this region and how these moments matter and these moments, and they do. I, I see it in the players. You know, it's a little bit different than a normal all-star game. There's actually an edge to it. And both teams want to win because both teams want to kind of say they're the best in the region. So, so do you get a chance to watch these teams work out? Is, is, is that fun for you just to see what, what's out there? I'm really enjoying, you know, our, our coaching staff, Adrian Heath, gets to coach the all-star group yep. along with our assistant coaches and our entire entire backroom staff works the entire all-star game for the, for the MLS. So the MLS all-stars are all up at our training facility. They're, they're training today. They train tomorrow and get ready for the game Wednesday. The MLS, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Mexican all-stars, they're out at Winter Park. The old Vikings facility. Oh, sure, it's so a great facility of, for yeah. They got a great facility there for soccer. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So they're there that week. So we kind of have two separate bases for the two teams training. I because we got so much uh, going up at our facility. I'm going to be at our facility the next two days uh, prior to the game on Wednesday. Uh, this year, I mean, uh, save that you gave up more goals than you'd like the last couple of games. Uh, you guys have taken off offensively at the same time. How, how do you feel about the United right now? I, I think, you know, obviously um, it's a big week for us and it's a big week to present United, Minnesota, the Twin Cities, to the soccer world. And so obviously my focus for the next couple of days is on that. But you're right. We, we've had two games, one at home and one away. We've given up four goals in each game. We tied the one 4-4 against Portland, which was an amazing game. Uh, and then this last weekend, you know, we had five starters out this weekend against Colorado. I thought we had a chance to win. I don't think I want to say we played very well, uh, but it was a good sign that we still – we're in it to the end, and we almost tied it up with a breakaway right at the end by our South African player. But ultimately, you know, after this All-Star game, it really is the, the final third of the season. Uh, we only play Western Conference opponents. We're in fourth place. We're in a home playoff spot. So every game's going to matter. So ultimately, I, I think we've got to figure out that balance of making sure we're, we're scoring goals, a lot of goals, and we're not giving them up. In our last two games defensively, we haven't been good, and we've got to make sure that we tighten that up as we go to Nashville this weekend. Well, well, Reynoso and St. Clair get uh, featured quite a bit over these couple of days because they're the hometown team? Yeah, I think they will. You know, I, I think the, the, the big thing here is, you know, Adrian Heath has a huge job of highlighting these awesome players on the all-star team. I, I would say, you know, each will get at least 30 minutes, maybe 45. You don't want to go too much just because you never want to have anybody get injured, particularly yeah. because we got games on the weekend. 
but the center midfielders in this league right now, you've got Emmanuel Reynoso, this guy Carlos Hill, who's Spanish for New England, is amazing. You've got this guy Sebastian Gerisi, who's Argentinian. He's unbelievably plays for Austin. And then Luciano Acosta is another Argentinian who plays for Cincinnati. And I'm like, you know, I, you can't play all of them at the same time, but I'm so excited for those guys to step on the field, show what they are, because their quality is unbelievable offensively. Um, and, and that's really the heart of, of showing the Mexican players the kind of quality you have. And then around them, we, we've got a ton of offensive players. The challenge will be for Adrian to figure out to make sure that the team has some good defenders and has the good balance to make sure we can you know, both attack and defend uh, equally. Yeah, what will fans be treated to? You know, they've, got, they've shown up in droves for you uh, with Allianz Stadium. What will they see that they don't, don't normally see that will put them in awe? I think they'll see two teams that have incredibly high-level players. I think they'll see two, two teams that you know, kind of want to figure out a way to make it like an all-star game but ultimately will become a competitive game where they'll both want to win. Um, and then ultimately for Minnesota, to me, it really is the star of the show is our stadium. You know, I, I felt like um, when we built Allianz Field and you, you, it kind of looks like a museum and it's got the lights and it, it just has this aesthetic feel to it. Um, I think it really set a standard of stadiums in this country that, you know, since then Columbus, Cincinnati, Nashville, um, Austin have all built stadiums. And I think a lot of it was because, you know, we were ahead of the curve in terms of what a soccer stadium should look like. Sure. So to me, you know, one of the stars is going to be our stadium. It's like a cathedral of soccer in this country right now. Oh, yeah. Get the drone up top, get a couple of uh, aerials like that, oh, yeah. and, 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 and you've got it. But, and I guess last question, do the season tick holders, do they, do they get first uh, shot at this, or is this such a national game that you got to save a lot of tickets for people from all over the country, or how does that work? Well, it's a little bit of both. You know, obviously the, the MLS actually controls the event. They're the ones that sure. kind of market it and ticket it. I, I think our season tickets did have first shots, which is great. Um, and then certainly we want to have other fans go too. This is a, a I think it's going to be a special night for Minnesota. So I think it's an amalgamation of our fans, but plus new fans, plus a lot of people from all over, you know, the country and Mexico that will want to kind of enjoy the event, enjoy everything that's going on this week. So uh, and by the way, thanks for this weather, Mike. Well done. Well, I got to tell you, brother, nice it, it is going to be one nice <laughs> night. And it's going to, you know, we all know, right? We know the best and the worst of Minnesota. And, and, and we saw, you know, in February when we had the international game here, of course. But, but it looks oh, like yeah. we're going to get the best of Minnesota. Yeah, we got the best. And our field right now is looking oh, unbelievable. Gorgeous. Probably the best in the league. So, yeah, yeah, you could go out there and spend nice. two hours just yeah. looking at that green field sometimes, I think, you know? Oh, yeah, I could definitely do that. So, but, yeah, it's going to be a great week. Like I said, as, as somebody who's from here, and I just came from an event, uh, like I said, with mayors, with the uh, commissioner, with our owners. And, again, I, I think we're going to do our best to put on a great week. I know we're going to put a great foot forward because that's what Minnesota does, and we're going to show the great community we are. Very, hey, man, appreciate it very much. I hope I bump into you over there, but have a great week. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You bet, Manny Lagos. Nice stuff to join us. The MLS Come and Mecca. This is a good idea. MLS against Mexico uh, at Allianz Stadium. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Showcase the best. We need to be showcasing the best of what we got here in the Twin Cities. This is a step. Because every time we have two steps forward, we have one step back. I'll explain. I mean, this one got real personal and professional for a lot of us yesterday. And it, it was downright scary. Stay with us. Sean Aronson coming up at 8 o'clock, then a special guest at 8.35 that Chris Tubbs is very familiar with. I'll let him give the background a little bit later. Uh, I just want to make sure certain that uh, this person is going to be on with us before I 
divulge it. It's one of those things. I could say it right now, but then if this person doesn't end up calling in, then you go, well, don't don't blame, you know, so I'm not going to do that. Um, But once we get confirmation, um, I'll let Tubbsy tell because it's quite a background. I mean, this guest that we got lined up for 835, it's an interesting background. Tubbsy knows more than I, but it's an interesting, interesting background. And uh, I got a call from a guy, you know, big fan of this show. And he says, hey, I can get you this person. I said, great. I said, Tubbsy, tell me more about this person because I just know a little bit. And he filled in the blanks. And we'll, we'll get to that in a little while. I, I want to come back to this weekend. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the news or not or have seen it moving, but it, it, it has been. Um, when I talk about downtown Minneapolis, I'm not BSing you, folks. Okay? I'm not BSing you. And and it hit really close to home um, yesterday. The There was a, an alleged uh, – well, part of it's not alleged. Um, one man kills another man. And and they trace the suspect to the building that it, that is – I mean, it's a stone's throw from WCCO-TV. And uh, it, it's a place I walk by every day. It's right across from the Hilton. It's these these new one-bedroom condos, I guess it is, something like that. And it looks like a, a nice, pristine facility. And um, uh, not only uh, does this uh, murder occur here, um, but they come and I, I didn't, I haven't tracked it all down to find out how they saw, how they had an idea or how they, they, they searched it, but they, they found what they think is the murder weapon, the gun, on the roof of WCCO-TV. And you say, well, how did it end up on the roof of WCCO-TV? Was the guy run down the entrance? And I don't know that we gave this proper context in the news, so I will now. Um, the, the building that is next to us is several stories higher than ours. And so it's, it's probably a 15-story building, something like that. It's, a, it's part of the renovation that they did downtown. And, and whoever – there are balconies there. And so in essence, whoever – allegedly threw this gun, probably threw it from there, from the balcony uh, where he lived or was residing or wherever this confrontation occurred. And, and, and you literally are throwing it down. You're not throwing it up on a roof. You're throwing it down on a roof. So it's not that difficult to throw it from there to where we are because we're, we're literally that close in proximity. And, and they threw the gun down and it ended up on our roof. And 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 the I didn't know this, and I was watching our news last night, and uh, they're doing a live report about this murder, and I'm going, well, that happened. I, I see where they are proximity wise. I go, that's right next door to us, and then they go to the videotape, and it's it's the police officers uh, who have now uh, you know our, our roof at the station is part of a crime scene, and and you see them diligently picking up the gun, the handgun. Uh, that they believe was was the weapon in the in the murder, and and, and the gun is on our roof. <laughs> I mean, it's like whoa! How did that get there? Who are our neighbors? Who's carrying guns that live twenty feet from us? You know, and, and this is almost kitty corner from uh, the apartment building where Amir Locke, uh, where they had that confrontation, uh, and and the police officers took his life. Um, Obviously, that that uh, that was earlier this year, and so so yeah, proximity. I mean, you're you're talking about probably sixty yards apart uh, with the Hilton and WCCO somewhere in the middle of it. Uh, but when you see that, and you see the police officers picking up this gun 
from the roof that you work on and, and the roof that we entertain on, the roof that people go up and have their lunch break on. I got to tell you, folks, this is real stuff. This isn't, this isn't hypothetical. And um, it's getting a little bit better, but it's still – and I got to tell you, the, the other piece to this thing, for those of us that have come to work every day uh, through COVID uh, to downtown – to work, not just at WCCO-TV. And, and then after COVID, the riots, and then after the riots, three months later, they tried to tear down Nicollet Mall one night, and, and, and they uh, are banging on windows and, and, and looting restaurants and whatnot. And, and then it's a mere lock. And then it's a gun found on top of your roof. Um, and then it's, you know, I've had my car broke into three times in the last two years. These things, I, I didn't used to give it much credit but they really do have an effect on you because every time you walk out the door, especially at night, you've got this kind of this this heads up. You don't realize how much your body tenses up when you're walking to your car or anywhere else. You don't realize how alert you are and, and how sensitive your, your, your body and your brain has become to the conditions of downtown Minneapolis. You know, today I, I always walk Nicollet Mall if I can, and, and you know, you, you could just smell marijuana everywhere. And then it reminds you, and it reminds you what we're up against. And it reminds you of a lot of things. And um, that is a that it, it is it's not chilling one time. It's just this cumulative effect. And and for me personally, and for the people that my colleagues at WCCO TV, particularly because we've come through this whole thing, we wore the mask the whole time, we were boarded up the whole time. I'm not singing our song because it, we're not the only business involved, but but we were really involved because we were also all covering the stories, and and we were out on the street covering the stories, and and through COVID and all those things, and and we adhered to all the rules, and you know they they they, they we had to board up our windows because they tried to take our you know they they threw rocks at our you know, all that stuff. And then sometimes you think, well, we're kind of getting out of this. And then, then you find out there's a gun on top of the roof where you, you go have lunch once in a while and, and they think the gun is a weapon that killed somebody next door to where you work. I got to tell you, that has an effect on you. And it, it, it not just on me, but I'm speaking um, uh, generically for a lot of people. And if you think this thing is close to being solved as people come back downtown, then you need to come down and actually live it. Don't just talk it. Don't just tweet about it. Come down and live it. Come down and live it with me. Come down and walk the streets with me. Come down. Talk to the people. Watch them selling some fentanyl to each other. See what you think of it then. When we come back, we'll visit with Sean Aronson about the St. Paul Saints and much more. Sports to Max and WCCO. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.